Toward the end of that piece, Edward Escobar mentioned the Watts Riots of 1965. They were among the most famous riots that swept inner-city America in that period, but they were hardly the only ones. Harlem, Philly, and Rochester in 64, Chicago in 66, and the long, hot summer of 1967 that saw 159 riots tear across the United States. The most devastating were in Newark and Detroit. In five days in Detroit, 43 people were killed, most of them African-American civilians. Fred Harris, a young U.S. senator from Oklahoma, pushed for a congressional commission to investigate the causes of the riots and suggest possible solutions. And then it occurred to me that the president, President Johnson, could, without waiting for legislation, appoint uh, such a commission, and that's what he did. My fellow Americans, I'm tonight appointing a special advisory commission on civil disorders. And uh, just before uh, he was to go on the the air, I was watching it with some friends. I was watching television. Uh, He called me and he said, uh, Fred, I'm going to appoint that uh, commission you've been talking about. And and I said, well, I I think that's a good thing to do. He said, I'm going to put you on it. Its other members will include Fred R. Harris, the senator from Oklahoma, and I said, well, I hadn't expected that, but I'll do the best I can. <laughs> and he said another thing, Fred. And I said, yes, sir, Mr. President. He said, I want you to remember you're a Johnson man. He said, if you forget it, I'll take my pocket knife and cut your blank off. <laughs> he didn't say blank. <laughs> Johnson was warning Harris. The president had a reputation as a civil rights advocate and poverty fighter, and the final report had better reflect that. The commission became known as the Kerner Commission, after the chair, Governor Otto Kerner of Illinois. But it had a more official title. The name of it was the President's National Advisory Commission on Civil Disorders, and uh, he gave us a charge that involved three questions he wanted us to answer. One was, what happened? Why did it happen? And lastly, what can we do to keep it from happening again and again? We divided up into teams. I was a team with uh, Mayor John Lindsay of New York. Uh, John and I went around the country and visited uh, particular cities where riots had occurred, walked the streets, talked with people, and that gave real uh, substance and put faces on the kinds of things that we heard from the experts. Harris talked with lots of people, including militants and unemployed 20-somethings. He spent a whole day in a Milwaukee barbershop asking customers about the recent unrest. And for those who had grown up someplace in the Deep South, he asked whether they experienced less discrimination up north. And uh, people were puzzled. They didn't know how to respond. What it turned out was... Things were so segregated in these cities that living there in uh, Milwaukee in the black section, they didn't see any white people at all, except the police. And that gets at one of the Kerner Commission's key findings, that despite civil rights progress in the early 1960s, America was still deeply segregated. The most famous line of the report reads, America is moving toward two countries, one black, one white, separate and unequal. The report pointed to mass unemployment, dismal schools, and substandard housing in African-American neighborhoods as long-standing causes of anger and resentment. People had uh, a lot of uh, really serious 
grievances and hostility. And we found that the first level of intensity of a grievance was, number one, police practices. Many people told Harris about being harassed on an almost daily basis by white police officers who lived in other neighborhoods. And residents explained that there was no system for complaining about unfair police practices. And if complaints were made, little or no official action was taken. Hostility was so high in all of these black sections of the cities and uh, of the country where the riots had occurred that almost any random spark would set them off. When the riots did flare up, says Harris, the police went overboard in their response. Law enforcement officials justified their use of live ammunition on the grounds that they were under siege by sniper fire. And before long, you had the National Guard spraying an apartment building, just spraying it with machine gun fire, because somebody said that's where the fire was coming from. The rumors of snipers and outside agitators were fanned by the FBI and relayed to the president in official reports. They portrayed the riots as part of a huge conspiracy orchestrated by leaders of the Black Panther movement. But the Kerner Commission found no evidence of snipers or conspiracy. It concluded that segregation, lack of economic opportunity, and hostile police were plenty cause enough. Identifying the problem as institutional racism was the easy part. But the Kerner Commission also had to make recommendations. And so it called for job creation and integrated housing to break up segregated urban ghettos. As for the police, the commission recommended new hiring practices that would create a more diverse police force accountable to citizen oversight. We said that uh, police in a neighborhood ought to uh, look a lot like the people in the neighborhood. They ought to be a part of the neighborhood. And... We recommended uh, what came to be called community policing, that the police and, and, and other services of government ought to be out there in the community, available to people, and uh, be a part of the community, and that there ought to be grievance mechanisms. Before things get bad, there ought to be a way by which people could feel that if they made some complaint about the police or whatever, it would be uh, taken seriously and acted upon. In its final report, the Kerner Commission did not mince words. Quote, What white Americans have never fully understood, but what the Negro can never forget, is that white society is deeply implicated in the ghetto. White institutions created it, white institutions maintain it, and white society condones it. End quote. Johnson, the president responsible for the Civil Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act, and the Economic Opportunity Act just a few years before didn't take the report's accusations well. So I had to ask Harris, did you forget you were a Johnson man? <laughs> no, you know, the, a terrible thing uh, happened. We, we think that one member of the commission leaked the report early, and uh, we know from staff and others that Johnson hadn't read the report, but... Uh, he was told that this report's going to ruin you because it uh, encourages and condones riots and it doesn't have a good thing to say about uh, you, about anything you've done in regard to civil rights. All of that was false. Uh, we put a fellow to work on the commission staff putting together a citation in the report to every place where we had said something 
complimentary of President Johnson. <laughs> and, and, that, and that list came to uh, seven pages, single-spaced, but uh, Johnson never saw that. Johnson refused to meet with the commissioners, and he denied the requests for continued investigations. But the National Association of Chiefs of Police were supportive of the commission's work. And in the 1970s, community policing programs began to show up in a lot of American cities. In 1998, 30 years after the report was issued, Harris, now as a professor of political science, co-authored another study. It found that segregation in housing had intensified and African-American unemployment was at crisis levels. The problems haven't changed since then, says Harris, and so the Kerner Commission's recommendations are as relevant as ever. I think a lot of people thought the Civil Rights Act and Voting Rights Act and poverty program and all that, well, we solved all that. But it, 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 it is true that poverty is worse now in America than it was, and uh, we are resegregating, and these grievances are growing up again against the police, and, uh, and, and we're going to see more of this kind of trouble uh, and more of these kind of terrible tragedies as in uh, Ferguson, unless we take interest again. In, you know, Thomas Jefferson said, eternal vigilance is the price of liberty, and it's also uh, the price of practicing uh, democracy. Fred Harris represented Oklahoma in the U.S. Senate from 1964 to 1973. Today, he's a professor of political science at the University of New Mexico. 